All right, let's go. Melanated family. Back. Brand new episode of the Melanated Combo Podcast. I'm happy to be back with you, family. My name is Harrison, right? This is the Melanated Combo Podcast. You can tune into this show a few different ways. You can go to YouTube. The YouTube channel is The Melanated Combo. On that channel, you can find this show, um, videos about history, everything pertaining to our people. You can also listen to the show on Facebook. My personal Facebook page is Harrison Anderson. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the Melanated Combo podcast is live on those two platforms. The following day, you can get the show on the digital platform, Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, all the different places you find digital platforms. You can find this show at those locations as well the day after, right? So let's get it popping today. Great type of interview for me, right? Because in the city that I'm in, I live in Sacramento, California. Um, three past three or four years, I've done my best to um get familiar with the individuals in our community that do groundwork, who protecting our babies, who you know, and it's and I'm like a black liberation kind of person, right? But it happens in so many different avenues. Some people use literature, some people use nonprofit organizations, some people use marching and protesting. There are so many different avenues that I watch my people resist the white supremacy and the racism that we face every day, right? So today on the show, I have a brother who under my nose, because I, I'm I'm I have to admit I wasn't aware of his organization. The brother on the show today created an organization with his wife called Roberts Family Development Center in um, a part of Sacramento where I'm from, for all my listeners who are not from, from the city I'm from. But this organization tackles education. It tackles self-esteem. It tackles the parent-child relationship. It, it, it tackles social movement. So everything that I stand for here on this podcast, this organization tackles on a day-to-day -day basis which i know is very difficult so everybody do me a favor and welcome the brother daryl roberts from roberts family development center here in sacramento how you doing today brother i'm doing well harrison how you doing my brother Thank i'm doing good man i'm doing good and like i was saying daryl it's it's a um it's a pleasure to have you on the show brother because mm -hmm. i know a lot of the work you and your wife do you know because i'm reading articles and i'm seeing the press you've been able to get in the attention that you've been able to get, but I know it's a thankless job, and I know you guys are doing it from the bottom of your heart to help our people, and I appreciate that, brother. Thank you, bro. Appreciate I appreciate your acknowledgement. Really do. Definitely, definitely. So <laughs> let's get into it real quick, because from what I've been reading, you guys started the Roberts Family Development Center in like 2001. So I read your bio and the information I see, but you know, I want to hear from you. So in 2001, Looking at everything going on in our community, locally and just nationally, what made you want to do or open um, um, and start a platform like you have now? Well, you know, Harrison, it's interesting because you just remind me as we talk or you spoke, Real Genesis for Robert Van Velmson came from the Million Man March. Ooh. And the reason that I say that is I was running the Salvation Army in Oak Park in those days. And I kind of, I, I, I grew up profession in Oak Park. I, I spent 10, 12 years in Oak Park running, you know, Salvation Army, Kevin Johnson, St. Oak Academy. I was his first executive director. Sometimes he forgets that. And I try to remind him, no, I was number one. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and um, and and uh, Keith B. Kenny Elementary School um, was a space where I was allowed to work with families. And, but first I started the Urban League. Uh, and to trip this out, before I started Urban League, I ran economic development report programs out of Oak Park for Sacramento Housing Redevelopment Agency. So oh, wow. I've been a part of Sacramento for 30 plus years. Um, I've been an active member 30 plus years. I, I came here as a graduate student. Uh, USC had an intergovernmental management uh, master's program and I came here and I never left Sacramento. I went to Washington DC first came here to Sacramento, um, and I came to Sacramento, I really was working at the Capitol, and I was working at the Department of Education, then at the Capitol, and I really had a background in being trained to be a part of a legislative team, uh, maybe an elected official, mm -hmm. uh, policy person, 
and uh, came in doing economic development reports in the Oak Park community. And that's kind of, kind of how I, I first cut my teeth. Wow. But very quickly, that really was not the, the love I had. Uh, being uh, at the Capitol, I really understood the politics of the of uh, the building. I was at, at the Capitol at a time when Willie Brown was the absolute master of politics. Mm-hmm. I'm the master. He was the master of politics. And I had a chance to see up close and personal legislators who did some things for our citizens that were outstanding and legislators who did some things for themselves. Hmm. I think that kind of turned me off that for themselves thing. And I wasn't really cut out to do it that way. So I ended up gravitating to Oak Park doing economic development reports. I did it under a group called Superior Valley that later became California Capital. I'm, in some ways I'm ancient. <laughs> I've been hmm. doing it for a while. But that's important, uh, yeah. I did that and then went from that to work with the Urban League. Then from the Urban League, St. Hope Academy with Kevin Johnson, helped him start St. Hope. From there, I went to the Salvation Army, created something that I thought was really positive and, and Salvation Army around working to talk not only about sports, but education and family involvement. Hmm. That I had the opportunity to work under Murdy Shelby at Keith B. Kenny Elementary School in Sac City School District, where I will tell you, I was I learned how leaders allowed you to just do your job. She hmm. allowed me to do my job. I did some things that were really, um, at that time, far, maybe, maybe a far-fetched to some people, but it was very much within my belly wick. It was very much into things I like doing. I like creating things. Yeah. So Shelby... When she left Keith B. Kenny Elementary School, had some of the amenities that elementary schools didn't always have, two parking lots, buildings in the back, fenced off area next to the Oak Park Community Center. Mm-hmm. Those are things that she allowed me to help her create and help her deal with. Well, wow. doing that, uh, while at the Salvation Army, I, uh, I was at the Salvation Army when the Million Man March occurred. And going to the Million Man March, quite honestly, made me realize I, I liked doing the Salvation Army. I knew I was going to do some more family stuff, but I knew at some point I was going to do my own. Mm. So Robert's Family Development Center was really, uh, really came from that experience and the call for Black men to do things in their community. That mm. well with me. That's wow. who I, That's what I do. And quite honestly... Uh, with um, with the message throughout the day, um, that day for a million, um, one in a, being one in a million men who were there in Washington, D.C. at that time, it really said to me, you have the ability to do some awesome things. Go back to Sacramento and start doing them. And That's be- powerful. That's powerful, brother, because mm-hmm. I didn't know that story. And did- yeah. damn, Daryl, just looking at everything, all mm-hmm. the places you went to in Sacramento, mm-hmm. like all of the different pieces of legislation mm-hmm. and community mm-hmm. that you were able to touch. And it led you just to helping our people directly. Mm-hmm. And that's very interesting to me because I've been to marches mm-hmm. in different events where it's all of our people mm-hmm. and it does something to you. Like if okay. you're headed in a particular direction, yeah. it does something to your spirit. And yeah. so wait, so talk to me about like um working with politicians mm-hmm. and um, trying to get them to do the simple things yeah. our people need. Yeah. Talk to me about that challenge and like how how did you manage those experiences? I see now that you're doing stuff directly for us, but how did you manage those experiences when we think and politicians are strictly there to help us, but we realize some of them are there for self, like you said. Yeah, then and that's just the reality, you know. And if we don't think and we don't understand that, that's why we get disappointed sometimes in politicians. Yeah. Because we don't rec- recognize everybody's not there for the same reason, not there for the same purpose. I've been fortunate enough locally to be able to discern between the fakes and the phonies and the real folks. Mm-hmm. And in many cases, I've been have I've had the pleasure and opportunity to meet the real ones, to study with the real ones, to support the real ones. And I've also watched some who weren't necessarily about uh, the people, watch them rise too. And mm. I can tell you, some politicians have risen in spite of the fact they really weren't about the community that I thought they should be about, not in the same way. But that's their thing. So I don't spend much time focused on them. I focus on how do we do things ourselves. And I have a tendency to be one to push 
legislative issues. I have a tendency to be one who push rule changes that will benefit us. Mm -hmm. I was one of the early supporters uh, for a dedicated youth fund. Uh, the good, bad, and indifferent part of a dedicated youth fund ended up winning by Measure L. $12 million starting next starting this year, July 1 will be set aside each year to be used for youth activities in the city of Sacramento. Now, yeah. people may not think that means much, but that's $12 million now that we can begin putting into our communities, our most needy communities, by the way, because that's what Measure L called for. And mm -hmm. I think many times we don't remember how things started, why they started, and the way they should go. So mm -hmm. we're going to disappoint it because it goes down the road and we don't realize, wait a minute, it, it would not have gone down that road had we been vocal advocates to make sure it did what we said it would do. Measure L is one of those things that I'll be fighting for once, now that it's one, I'll be fighting for it to do the right things every year, as long as I'm around. Because that's, it's something that's needed for our children. You know what? I'm 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 listening to you talk, Brother Darrell, and me being a 43-year-old man who sure. spent a large part of my life not believing in politics. Yep. From a local or federal oh, yeah. level right now i'm my ideals are changing but you you conversations i've had with politicians and people who are in politics mm -hmm. or, or or know about it more than me mm -hmm. I, I try my best to grasp that reality that like all situations all are not bad like when yeah. i look at politics from a large from a backup when, yeah. I, when i back up and look at the scope yeah. all politicians are bad and you're speaking to me mm -hmm. and letting me know that some of them are trying to do the right thing mm -hmm but you up your political knowledge and what you're looking at. So you yeah. can decipher yeah. who's trying to do the good or some people who are out for self. We often have a tendency to say we're frustrated with elected officials, politicians, because they're not moving our agenda. The reality is we don't always tell them what our agenda should be. Hmm. That's our fault. Yeah. So to me, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm in rooms sometimes with younger leaders and they'll tell me, well, a lot of, you know, let's have the elected officials say, give their peace. Now, I don't mind being respectful, but my reality is this. If I'm in a room with elected officials, I need them to hear what we're talking about. We want to have happen. Yeah. On every uh, aspect of that, whether it be on the business side, these are the things we want to have happen. Mm. Whether it be on the youth side, these are the things we want to have happen. On the housing side, these are the things we want to have happen. And you see what happens in our city and our region and our county is that we often allow elected officials to make those decisions. But I understand, wait a minute, you elected them to do our bidding, mm. not their bidding, but our bidding. And too often their bidding becomes the, becomes the bidding of the more powerful. And we don't recognize we actually have the ability to be the more powerful because we, we have the numbers that can unelect anybody who we just elected. Definitely, definitely. So, Daryl, mm -hmm. so why do you think, because I have my ideals about it, but mm -hmm. why do you think our people disengage from the political process? As much as we may protest mm -hmm. or go on social media or mm -hmm. use our voice to say, hey, I don't like that. Yeah. Why do you think when it's time to go to the polls and the the city council meetings mm -hmm. and all these places where the changes actually happen, mm -hmm. we disengage? It's tiring. I mean, it's You've been working all day and you like, well, hell, uh, that's what we elected them for. But we don't mm -hmm. realize we have to follow up and make sure they're doing the things that we agree are important to our community. Let's be honest. Right now, we, you and I are in the heart of the city council meeting. Right now. It's going on right now. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying to you is part of what we have done is sometimes not recognize, and that's not knocking you, that's me saying, but that may be because you apparently have decided uh, that you want to influence people to make sure that they recognize the important things that we need to be involved in as a people. Mm -hmm. One of the things that you need to remind folks is get involved and stay involved in politics because politics is money. Hmm. $600 million a year is divvied up by the City Council of Sacramento. Mm -hmm. Half of that goes to public safety, police, and fire. The yeah. other, maybe about 46%, goes to everything else in the city. Hmm. And you wonder why we have so many challenges with the rest of the things in the city? Because 56, 56 plus percent of our dollars goes to police and fire. Now, somebody might say, the brother's being political. Yes, I am. But almost be, I'm also being economically smart about our priorities as a people. Hmm. 
The fight for a dedicated youth fund was to say, let's put 2% of our budget aside for our young people, invest in their future. Hmm. Keep existing youth programs in place. Don't cut no, don't stop doing anything you're already doing, but add another $12 million worth of activity on top of that so that our kids have other activities to choose from. Not just the ones that are in place today, but as we begin creating new things by the young leaders who are coming on the scenes now who have new ideas. See, I'm an OG. Look, you may not know me, but I've been doing it a while. And you know, after you, if you see if you're 43, there's somebody you banged in basketball somewhere along the line that will tell you Daryl Roberts either coached his big brother, his big sister, or mm. Salvation Army, and they'll tell you about the Oak Park Summer Basketball League. They'll tell you that because that's how long I've been doing this. Yeah. So I'm saying to you, I've been doing this at that level for a long time. Hmm. You don't always get attention for doing it, but you. But for me, I've always said I get respect for doing it. There so we that, go. Yeah, I appreciate you saying you didn't know me, but I also felt good that you said when you came to the building and you were talking to me, I think you were talking to Brother Keon. Yes. Brother Keon going to tell you about Daryl Roberts. Mm-hmm. Most yeah. young brothers in this town, when I say young brothers between the age of 40 and 50, mm-hmm. we banged, bumped into each other at some point. We didn't bang heads very often, except I've been one of those about rules. I've been one of those about respect. I've been one of those about, yo, man, do what's right. Mm-hmm. Be respectful around women. I've been that dude, and I have no problem to say that to you, but I've mm-hmm. never been disrespectful about it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I typically haven't had real heavy knockout dragouts with anybody. Not not as I came along doing the work, working with young people. That's, That's important. You know, I was brought up in New Orleans. I grew up in New Orleans. Grew up in the Seven Ward, Seven Ward, St. Bernard Projects in New Orleans. And I learned respect at a very early age. Wow. Yeah, my family's from New Orleans, Daryl. There you yeah, go. This is, there this you is go. It, yeah, this is interesting, man. Because oh, no, I'm head, heading home tomorrow. There you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah we're going to do a little recruiting for Freedom School, our summer initiative. Going to be helping one of our school districts, one of our smaller school districts, to, uh, recruit black and brown teachers to mm-hmm. come back to Robles School District and to Sacramento. Uh, I'm going to be recruiting them to come and work for Freedom School this summer and maybe stay in town. I've been out there on uh, busting the pavement for the last two months trying to get folks to recognize if you want to have an opportunity to have a change in a young people's life, Freedom School is a way for you to do it. So come on, join us. So you know what? Now that you bring that up, because that was yeah. important, I was just going to get into that. I want to talk yeah. about a lot of the programs you guys have in your yeah. development center. But mm-hmm. talk to me about the Freedom School. When you send me the flyers and the information, I'm I'm just intrigued by the idea yep. of a school of this magnitude. So talk to me about that for a minute. Summer school, summer initiative, but our, our basis Freedom School. Our basis, uh, the Freedom Riders of the 60s. Mm. I'm old school. I, I'm, I'm about respect. I'm about uh, doing something. I'm about trying to change things. Um, I'm not always uh, well-liked, but again, I feel like I'm respected. Mm. And I'm respected because I'm not trying to knock anybody out with my ideas. I'm just trying to say, these are the things that we need to begin doing to get us back on the right foot. Yes. See, because we got lost during the 80s. Crack cocaine knocked us for a loop. Mm. You know, going to jail for money, brothers and sisters, got what locked us for a loop. Mm-hmm. You know, then you had governmental programs that called themselves supporting us, really with tearing our community up, knocked us for a loop. Mm-hmm. So we're still recovering from that. And then yeah. you know, some of the other things that we've dealt with, including la- the, the last five years, three years of COVID and the change there and some of the challenges that are coming have come out of COVID, we mm-hmm. still have been knocked for another loop. But we have the ability to stand up on our own. And for us, Freedom School gives us the ability every summer. This summer to be touching 600 young people um, at Twin Rivers Unified School District, Robla Elementary School District, and the Toma School District. 600 students will be with us under the guidance of uh, 60 college students, college graduates, who we call modern-day freedom riders. Those who in the 60s came down to the South to do the work, Typically white kids and black kids, but mm-hmm. for we hire primarily black kids. But I'll give I'll give me three or four Quakers, three or four uh, uh, Freedom Riders who come. Some this year coming from Chapman University, where I went to, to school as an undergraduate, will be at this, with us this summer, and they'll be in the trenches working with our kids. And the whole That's idea cool. of trying to work with our kids is to remind our kids why they should love learning. Hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I because I was reading some of the um mm-hmm. some of the uh, uh, bullet points of the Freedom School, like yep. high quality academic enrichment, the yes, parent sir. family involvement, social yep. action, civil engagement, yes. intergenerational we- leadership development. Damn. Like I'm reading all this stuff, Darren. I'm thinking this is everything we need. This yep. is this is covering the full gamut. But one thing I want to talk to you about mm-hmm. real quick, sure. like throughout all of everything I'm reading mm-hmm. about, like what you make the parents sign. Like I'm reading all this stuff, right? And I'm like, wow, Daryl, how important is the parent involvement? Because we know we have the social ailments and everything that go on in our community, but with education and everything our kids have to learn, how important is the parents' involvement in just attempting to be there? You know what I mean? Adults are key. Parents are key. Role models are key. Mentors are key. Our children are simply that. They're little seedlings. And without some direction, without some fertilization, without some assistance growing, they become, they they get swallowed up by the weeds. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's simple gardening. Mm -hmm. And our kids deserve adults to help till the field. I'm not talking about the the agricultural field. I'm talking about the life field. I'm Mm -hmm. talking about showing the example to your child by reading around them. Showing your your example to your child about how you speak to each other as adults and working through differences helps them work through differences. You know why our teenagers don't know how to work through differences? Too many homes don't teach them how to work through differences. Too many homes explode. And you wonder if it explodes like that for adults. I mean, kids don't know nothing but explosion then and that's what they see and that's what they do that's why you have so many incidents at schools you know how many uh youtube channels out there that will tell you about the brawl at shelton the brawl at grant the brawl at at sack high the brawl Mm -hmm. Burbank, and they have a whole litany of videos that show you these things Mm -hmm. it's because that's what our kids see more than they see the love of each other that's true we're going to be doing some uh, different things at Roberts. Uh, we're going to, my, my wife is heading a, a, a conference that we're going to do in May called Girls Encouraging Girls. It mm-hmm. is designed for our young girls to begin encouraging each other, not being at each other, not fighting against each other. But that's important. That's important because yeah. I, that stood out to me that you guys included the parent element, oh, yeah. Daryl, because oh. I'm a brother who had four kids by the age of 23. Wow. So I was, I'm, I've become well aware of how I started. My family affects me now. It's my perfect. mentality at that age, yeah. it all still affects me now. You know what cool. I mean? So when I hear you say the fam, the parents have to be involved in yeah. it sounds like a simple feat these days to say if two people decide to have children a certain mm-hmm. way two loving parents two able-bodied parents mm-hmm. it can change the full trajectory of their kids life you know yeah. what i mean you know if people understood that you know the reason that you communicate even though you no longer want to be together is because you created a, a a gift that gift is the child that you both had something to do with and I know one or the other's going to say, well, you ain't no good. You ain't no good. But being no good is not good for your baby. So mm-hmm. therefore, you got to figure out a way to resolve that so you can do the right thing by your child. And see, that's the message that we try to get across to our fathers, our baby daddies, mm-hmm. our boyfriends in the house. We also try to get across to moms that I know you don't like him, however. If his presence in school helps your child feel good about him or herself, you might want to let him have a presence in school. That's a, that's a very logical way and to think that, about it. And that's what it becomes. It's not about y'all anymore. It's about mm-hmm. the baby that you created. For many people, that's hard conversation to have. And a lot of folks look at me sideways sometimes. We, <laughs> we had a parent meeting. I do monthly parent meetings at the Roberts Family Development Center. I'm committed to it. I do monthly parent meetings there. We do weekly parent meetings for Freedom School. And let me tell you the truth. Some parents get upset, Mr. Roberts. Why do you want me to come to the center once a month? I just want you to see what we're doing. I want Mm -hmm. you to know what's happening. I also want you to make sure you see the people around your baby every day. Yeah. Sometimes you don't realize the reason you didn't know is because you didn't stop to pay attention. You didn't stop to pay attention. And I think about that. 
Daryl, like having five kids myself and trying yeah. to do things in my own life. Sometimes yeah. I have to stop and say, yeah, okay, how much do I know about the teachers? Yeah. How much do I know about the homework? Yeah. How much input am I putting? Yeah. Because see, I'm four of my children didn't live with me. So they, yeah. you know, I had to get them on the weekends. I had to yeah. pay child support. That's a certain dynamic. Yes, my sir. youngest son, he's lived with me his whole life. Right. But sometimes because of that, I may relax at yeah. moments and say, okay, he got it, or mm -hmm. I'm seeing him every day, but I'm aware, but not if you're not asking questions. It's, it, nope. it's, it's really whatever you show interest in, and this is amazing. Like when the yeah. pandemic happened, <laughs> I learned if I yeah. show interest in school, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. The kid may just do so too. You know what I mean? Well, you know, those are the things that we don't realize through osmosis. Let me make you laugh. My dad and my mom split when they when I was 12, 13, right? So my dad uh, from New Orleans, got blown to Sacramento because of Katrina. Lived, with the, lived at this house where I'm at now, and he lived here for uh, I lived here for about nine months. Then they moved to West Sacramento, him, his present wife, and I think the younger brother and a couple of the, the grandkids. So that's what they did. But while my dad was here, you know what I realized? I had a lot of things that I liked in life because of my dad. Hmm. I, uh, I had bad habit of eating donuts and uh, drinking root beer soda from my dad. Yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a Saints fan from my dad. Hmm. It's, it's, and, and you know that's the truth because how many of us see the kids of a 49er fan with 49er gear on? Yeah. Or a Raider fan with Raider gear on? Yeah. And, and it's just because our kids learn from us mm -hmm. the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's what we have to be aware of. That's yep. why we need to be involved. That's mm -hmm. why we need to be present. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for people because, like I said, a lot of folk, man, I'm tired. Uh, I, I have a running joke that I will tell everybody in our parent music. You know, uh, you had all that fun to have that child. I had none of that fun. <laughs> <laughs> so I need you to come to the meeting because I have to work with your child and I have to put people in front of your child every day. So if we got to work that hard. Need you to do a little work too. So mm -hmm. you have all the fun to have that baby. Yep. And I think sometimes we don't realize that uh, a teacher, yes. you know, because a lot of these public schools, it's like 80% yep. middle aged white women. That's just, yep. that's just a fact. That's a fact. They're around your kids sometimes more yep. than you. Yep. So yep. it would behoove you to just yep. get an idea. And Daryl, mm -hmm. I've learned that let's say, because it's 20 some kids in a class, let's give a indeed. teacher credit, right? Regardless of the race, it's 20 yep. some kids. Go ahead. Can I manage 20 something? personalities while doing no. my job and my home and my life. Yep. No. So the yep. parents who say, I'm just calling to see what's up. I'm just emailing to see how he's doing. That teacher be like, okay, I'm going to call her back <laughs> simply because I don't have a lot of time, but yep. she sold interest. I'm so interest. That's why you do it because you want folks to know I am interested in what happens to my child. So I need you to take a little extra interest in my baby. That's that's on that side. The other thing I tell teachers, call parents early on. Throw them off. Why are you calling me to just introduce myself? What? I've had many a teacher get upset with me to tell me, you know, Mr. Roberts, because I would do that as part of training. I tell them early on, you really need to call every one of your kids. I got 25 kids in the classroom. I can't, I can't afford to do that. Let me tell you, it's funny, teach. I know you're going to call them if there's a problem. The one calling before there's a problem to introduce yourself and ask them if they ever want to see what's going on in the class, come on and visit. Hmm. That's the parent who also will be your ally in hmm. working with their child. There we go. It is. I mean, it's just people. Relationships matter. We say that. We talk about it. You and I have begun doing talking about relationships, relationships. Mm -hmm situation we mm -hmm. could probably go down the line and before you knew it i know a bunch of other folks you know because i've been on both this side of uh of the city as well as the old park side and the south side of the city so i'm sure you went to school with some young men some yep. young women i know today and mm -hmm. that's how it works you probably go you probably have friends whose kids have come to robert's Family development center i'm, so I'm sure of it if they're out here in north sacramento they've gone to freedom school I'm so, sure of it. I'm, I'm sure of it. And mm -hmm. some of the other things. So I want to pick your brain. Just you yeah. being a brother in our city for so long and, you know, seeing the black community, but seeing the black community shift based on poverty, based on yeah. institutions that have been involved in our community. So how do we help young people with the with the 
starting family dynamic because this this hits home with me brother daryl because i had two kids by the age of 18 man and i wasn't ready you know and and i love my children and they know i love them but i struggled early on because i wasn't fully developed so how do we get to a young person and help them like a young man help him understand the power of his seed and waiting and all the things that come with a good future have a relationship with them first because I will listen to you if I know that you care about me. Have mm-hmm. a relationship. So many of us don't recognize, if I don't know a child, there's no sense in me running upon them, telling them, pull up your pants, mm-hmm. telling them, watch your mouth, things like that. However, I will say, we'll let you know, I go, I'm at Grand High School. I'm at Martin Luther King High School on a regular basis. I'm a known figure in this community. So if I go to a school and I hear some, I hear one of them words, trust me, I say, whoa. And one or two people who know me will let the other person know, yo, chill out. You know, because mm. it's not that I don't know that person saying something, but I do know the community. And I do know the students of Grand High School. And so many of them know me and know of me that I feel comfortable to say I have relationships with enough of them I can't speak up. So if your listeners um, think hear somebody say that, partly what I'm going to tell you is get to know the kids in your neighborhood. Say hello. Um, if you've been there forever, there's new kids you don't know. We stopped, say- we stopped saying hi to everybody. And once COVID hit, we stopped saying to everybody because we wasn't sure who was sh- who had a vac- who was vaccinated and who wasn't. Mm-hmm. Who, who had, the, who had the, the stuff and who didn't. Mm-hmm. So, so all those things have caused us to kind of retract from the things that we normally have done as a people. Wow, so wow. I'm that... back at trying to make that happen. I'm back at fist bumping most kids when I go down the halls at Grant. Mm-hmm. I'm the big ones, the little ones, the young ladies and the young men. And I do that because I think that we have to make folks understand I'm crossing the line to say hello. I'm crossing the line to check in and make sure you're having a good day. Have a good day, partner. Have a good day, sis. Have a good day, little girl. Have a good day, your bro. And mm. I see that. And I'm from New Orleans, so maybe that's my nature. Yeah. But I'm telling you, I had to go back to that nature to make sure not just they felt comfortable, that's important, but also that I felt comfortable in the environment. Because hmm, that's. We're we uncomfortable in a lot of environments where our kids are. We ain't going to tell nobody that. That's. Come on now. And that's so. And that's so. I think what you're speaking to, Daryl, sometimes is that disconnect because yeah. I'm being 47. I'm always yeah. I'm not going to shy away from my age. Yeah. Like I'm I'm getting better, in my opinion. You know what I mean, but yeah. I see sometimes my elders yeah. and I see a disconnect between me and the elder or an elder in a younger person. Yes, and sir. I think that's what you're speaking to that <laughs> because I've heard older dudes tell me from my neighborhood like, man. If somebody just coming around here telling me to do something, I ain't listening to you. If you ain't got no money for me, if you yeah. ain't got no opportunity for me, yeah. I'm not listening to you. Really? So it me it 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 serves you best to create a bridge with someone in communication and in acknowledgement and all these things. It's like a lost art, but it's necessary to do everything we want to do. So I do a couple little things, and I'm in a position to do them. So let's just uh, I'm very supportive of sports. Mm-hmm. But I'm very supportive of all school activities, but sports in particular. So uh, Grant uh, Grant had a few years uh, in a row where it really wasn't doing well in football. So, you know, people really got down on Grant football, got down on the coach, um, argued against even having a new coach, Coach Reed there. Well, this, Reed, this year, Coach Reed and his team uh, turned it around, won a state championship. Hmm. Now, you got to know I've been supporting Grant football and Grant junior pace of football for eight to 10 years. Hmm. So I watched a lot of those young men and young women who are involved in sports as well grow up. So, you know, when I see them, I, there's a different relationship I have with them because I've been supportive in terms of financially supporting them, uh, supporting them um, in the school environment, doing some of the little things that you need to do. I don't have a problem if I have some change in my pocket to give them a couple of dollars to buy a pizza and make sure that they have it. We had a we had a uh, uh, Mardi Gras on the boulevard uh, about a month ago, uh, mm-hmm. Del Paso Boulevard. We had Mardi Gras. Again, I'm from New Orleans, so I'm gonna do a little something that, that makes me comfortable. And I said, yeah. some things I do that also make me comfortable. That's what that was about. I yeah. want 
comfortable in this neighborhood. I want to make sure that people recognize we can do all those fun things. Got to work at it. So we took that together. We worked on it. So, and, you know, after parades going on, we got stuff happening in the, in the uh, yard where we where we at doing our thing. I got a group of 10 football players in the back. Now, quite honestly, they were hungry, you know, because you can tell when kids are hungry, especially teenagers, because they get the wrestling and they get the hitting at <laughs> And they start doing anything to get their mind off of being hungry. Yeah. So I saw them in the back. And you remember, I've been supporting Grant football. So I said to the 10 of them, true, true story, I said, yo, bro, y'all represent state champion Grant Grant High School pace of football team. So please do me a favor. Stop that stuff now. Now, I said it like that. They, oh, 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 oh. The other thing, though, I recognize they're standing close to the food truck. I said, y'all want to eat something? Uh, yeah. By the time we finished, we had 11. We didn't have 10 no more. We had 11 guys getting something to eat. It wasn't about me doing it. It was about me paying attention to our kids. And see, that's the part people mm. don't want to understand. Wow. See, we assume it's for all the, re the wrong reasons that they're doing things. Sometimes they're doing something to avoid dealing with the, the problems that they're dealing with. Mm. And if I don't have any money, I didn't leave the house with money in my pocket. I didn't. Or maybe it's not the best. That, that part of the month when we have a couple of extra dollars where mama or grandma or daddy or, or Big Papa can give me a couple of dollars. Mm -hmm. I go to an event, and after about at lunchtime, I start getting hungry. And I'm not at school, so there's no free lunch. So that's, that's real. Those young men that I fed, I saw them later on uh, uh, in the hallways. You do know most of them made sure that they said, what's up, Mr. Roberts? How you doing? Damn. damn. Okay, Daryl, that's that's yeah. so powerful, brother, because we, we – yeah, because we talking to because uh, we talking about the symptoms of yeah. bigger problems. So yeah. look, because I've I've seen yeah. some older black people around me yeah. who will see a young brother on the corner, yeah, a young brother who they perceive is selling drugs. Let's yeah. say he's smelling like weed. All these different things. Yeah, they place judgment on him and create a fear dynamic. Yeah, opposed to looking and saying. Maybe he's struggling with a with a trauma based situation. Maybe yeah. me being an adult, maybe I can look at him with love though, because yeah. that's what you're talking about. I'm and I'm creating a love conversation yeah. opposed to a hate conversation. So this is big. All black people in our community, this brother is breaking down the science of being there for your people because we ain't talked about money yet. He mm -hmm. ain't talking about the money he he earning from it or how it's financially beneficial. But how do you connect with a human? Right. Mm -hmm. Especially one that was that's been dealing with trauma, mm -hmm. one that's dealing with the epigenetics of slavery. Mm -hmm. Like our people go through a lot. So you have to be delicate and approach it in the correct manner. And I think you're doing just that, brother. And, you know, I'm, I'm let me be honest. I don't do that right every time. Okay. So it's not about being right every time, but at least make an attempt. And if you don't do it to the to 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 to, to feel that it worked. And try it again. Mm. Got a young brother at, at the high school. Literally, um, first time I touched him like this, oh, he jumped back. I mean, he back. and he's like looking like, and he was, if he was big dude, I, I might be nervous. But he's a little dude, so I'm <laughs> like, oh, come on now, Mr. Roberts, you all, you touching me and stuff. You know, bro, I did. I'm sorry about that. Saw him next time, dapped him up, pounded him, whatever. Once again, I tapped him. And I have done that to the point over over the months that now I know how he's going to jump, but he know me too. And mm -hmm. he ain't trying to do nothing else. You know, our boys have, and sometimes because our boys are smaller and we don't know what they've gone through, there's mm -hmm. reason they're not comfortable with people grabbing them. Yeah. There's reason they don't feel a man that's a big man holding on to them is comfortable for them because mm -hmm. you don't know what they've been through. So yeah. I'm also sensitive to that. But what I'll tell you, I try to remind him, I ain't the one. I talk to him like that. Mm -hmm. We 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 have those conversations. At the same time, he's looking like he won't be ugly. But like yesterday when I saw him and I dapped him up again and I did him like that. And, and one of his boys said, Mr. Roberts, hit him upside the head like he did last time. I ain't hit him upside the head. That's my boy. Yeah. But you know, the relationship allows us to be able to laugh now. And he yeah. 
look at me in a negative way. But I also honestly am a little more sensitive to the fact he might not be as comfortable with some of my rugged moves, right? Some of my manly moves in my mind. So mm. I have to be careful on that too. So that even makes sense. doing things to kind of connect with him, I have to make sure he's comfortable. Yeah, and it sounds like, okay, wow, because it sounds like, so some of us will say like, okay, if a person doesn't respect me, yeah. I'm going to demand respect. But I'm thinking, listening to you, Daryl, like maybe I should try to command respect, like not demand it from you, but exhibit something that makes you want to respect me, right? There you go. And I think that's it. I think that's where we have sometimes fallen short. That's where we have had the problem because we have made it seem like, well, they're disrespectful. Okay, first of all, they don't know you. Second of all, they don't have a relationship with you that makes that makes them recognize that's disrespectful. Mm -hmm. And you don't have the ability to say that to them without sounding angry or dismissive of them. Mm -hmm. So I'll let them know quickly, oh no, I don't I don't I don't talk like that. You gotta watch your mouth, baby bro. And I'll mm -hmm. say it like that, baby, bro. You got a baby, you got ah, you can't talk like that around me, baby. You know, and someone be looking like they wanna say something and you know, if uh, again, I've been doing this long enough that one out of five, one out of four kind of know me. Hmm. Two but out of four have seen me enough to recognize that's just me. And I'm going to be respectful to them. They'll never hear. They can never say they saw me cuss nobody out. They can hmm. never say they heard me yell at nobody unless hmm. there was a moment I had to stop them. Other than that, now nah, I ain't raising my voice. So therefore, I can at least command that that respect by saying i don't do that around you damn and okay and i'm listening to you talking it's almost sounding like too because being a man and, and like being a man who didn't have a father in the home yep. i'm i'm constantly teaching myself how yep. to communicate with people yep. and you just mentioned something that that strikes a chord to me you mm -hmm. mentioned not raising your voice yeah. it's almost like daryl if you show people i have complete control of myself and respect for myself you're going to have to respect me, too, if I respect yeah. myself. That's it. And that's what it has to be. Hmm. See, that's where we lose it. Because sometimes we think that people need to respect us, but we don't show respect. We don't show respect. And yeah. I think mm -hmm. some people, Daryl, not realizing showing respect is, yes, showing it to someone else. But showing respect to yourself yes. is even going to be more paramount in yeah. how people treat you. Because I know people who don't like how they're being treated by people mm -hmm. in their lives. And I look back sometime and say, damn, you don't even realize how you're treating them. Yeah. You don't realize how you're treating yourself. You ever been in somebody's house and it's dirty? <laughs> I've seen somebody go in somebody's house and there's stuff everywhere. And, you know, they throw something on the ground too. Yeah. But if you go to somebody's house and it's immaculate, yeah. look, it looks like a museum, yeah. you're going to treat it the same way. Well, you know, I, I learned that one. One of those moments early on living in the projects. Mm. So I had a partner. He lived at Lake Pontchartrain. Lake Pontchartrain is the middle class black black folk black, black folk section in uh, New Orleans. Mm. I lived in the projects. That boy, why would that boy come to my house, drive his car to my, my place, we were teenagers, and decide to throw his trash out of the window in front of my house? Mm. Oh, hell no. Boys, come here. get Pick that up. How you gonna do yeah. that, you're not going to disrespect my place because I won't disrespect yours. But I, I also learned that from family members who wouldn't allow any of us to come to their house and tear up this stuff. Hmm. Then when you come to my house, my daddy would also let you know. And my mama had to learn this the hard way. Don't let nobody come here tear up your stuff because they won't let you go to their house and tear up theirs. Yeah. Yep. Yep, that's that that's important. And mm -hmm. you know, all of this is important to me, Daryl, yeah. because we I on, on my platform, I speak a lot about the system yeah. and the institutions that have um hindered yeah. our progress, which is which is a fact. Yeah. But we have to combine that with yeah. the, the knowledge of our history and where mm -hmm. we've been mm -hmm. with the empowerment of well, that's the case. Learn yeah. that, learn how to navigate that. Yeah. But you have the power to do it too. School, Man, woman, everybody in our community. You know what I mean? School's not school's not doing as well by your child. You come up with ways to do better by your child. 
Mm. You find out what's going on Saturday, at Saturday school in somebody's neighborhood. Figure out how to get your baby there. Create Saturday school for your baby. Find a place or a person who's willing to work with your baby. See, mm. there's part of us that has to be reminded we are always uh, a, a self-determinant people. There are so many of us who overcame adversity. Mm-hmm. We overcame adversity. And yes, others may have helped us. But it's through our self-determination that I want to get out of the situation I'm in. Definitely, definitely. And that's why I I am so such an advocate of our history. Our, yeah. our history for me did like what religion do to some people, like put you in a state of mind where you know yourself. Yeah. You want to help people, yeah. put you in the best position possible mentally yeah. to do what you need to do. And that's what our history done to me. It's like empowering to see everything we've been through, yeah. to see us overcoming this and i and i and i try to use it in a way daryl where we can let the young people know yeah hip-hop is a thing and all these new cultural norms but look at what you look at what you have the the capability of doing so yeah i know your mama wasn't there your daddy probably wasn't around the way you wanted him to but as an individual you still have free choice and you have to be accountable how do how do you create the environment you want to create for yourself there you go. How do you want to be in a position where you can? Now, one of the things that I'm big about, I'm about exposing our kids so that way they can see things. I'm real, literally a freedom school. I go back to freedom school. We have a triple week. We take them somewhere every week. I want them to see something every week. Science Museum. I want them to go to the big park, not Oak Park, big park, the big, but the bigger park. And I say that because not that I don't want them to go to Oak Park, but I want them to see other resources as well as Oak Park. Because if I live in Oak Park, if I live in Del Paso Heights, and I only see that, then my world is limited. But if I can see other things out in the region, mm-hmm. other places, I recognize how slow, how, how close the snow is, how close the river is. Do you know there are kids who don't realize the river at Discovery Park is the river that runs right down uh, 160? Daryl, it's I the I this river. They don't realize that. Yep. Yep. It's so many, it's so many young people in our community who haven't been outside of like a 30-mile yep. radius. And yep. this is with me too as a young person. Yep. Like going to art and fair or going somewhere, yep. you felt yep. like you was going on a complete journey. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, wow, you 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 don't you don't know how big this world is, man. The different cities mm-hmm. in our country, the different all of these things, sometimes our young people are so limited with their scope of thinking. So if a, if a kid thinks like that, how are they going to think beyond that area to be a successful person? You know what I mean? You just made me realize something. We're going to this summer have an RT day. And RT day, we're going to jump on the light rail from here, and we're going to take it as far as it takes us beyond consumers. Yep. However far it goes there, then turn back around after we get something to eat on that end and yep. come on back. But the idea is to see Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Maybe another time to go the other way, because our kids need to see the sides of our city. We're no longer a very small city anymore. True. Uh, you've been here long enough to have seen Elk Grove grow up. Yep. I've been here long enough to tell you I used to get lost every time I go to Elk Grove every Christmas and Easter. You can check on my boy and his wife because I only go that way one time a year for their, at their house for two activities. And I'd always get lost. They lived off a of bighorn in those days. And when they started doing bighorn, I had no clue. Why was all this stuff popping up? <laughs> and why was I pissed off? My boy was pick up the phone and say, I know you're lost again. <laughs> because, you know, the city grew. And the, the city, city grew. grew and yep. I was busy doing other things. Hmm. So you can just imagine our kids and seeing or just having an opportunity to see the rest of our city. I think and- that some of the stuff we have to recognize we can do that for our kids we can yeah and you know i even look at on a micro scale you know like um uh sports events right like if we if we as black sacramentoans look at the king's game and the demographic of the people in the game yeah when i was a kid it amazed me like wait a minute my whole community is black yeah i don't see no black people there and i'm thinking a part of that is us feeling like that's not the history of us feeling like that's yeah. not for me. Yeah. Well, that's, that's like golf, though. That was, yeah. that was golf. It wasn't for us. Yeah. And then Tiger came along and we started a lot having a desire to play golf. And yeah. be, a, be involved. Golf. Yeah. yeah. Lee Elder and others, you mm-hmm. know, Jim Dent, those guys were there before him. Mm-hmm. But 
not for us until Tiger had the flair of winning so often. Yeah, yeah we love winners. Mm-hmm. And that's when we pay attention to it. So mm-hmm. even in Sacramento right now, you know, it's funny. Uh, we, we've we been a part of the Sacramento Kings community to a point. Uh, get this. I'll get a call at 4 o'clock on game day. Mr. Roberts, I got 40 extra tickets. And when I tell you I get called 40 extra tickets, I would get it because we have vans. And literally we're trying to figure out how to get our kids in vans and get our kids in cars where our parents can take our kids to the game. That's mm. how it was when they weren't winning. You know how hard it is to get tickets now? Oh. <laughs> and think about the demographics now, even more so than when they were losing. Oh. Losing, we were at the game. We were at the game because we oh. were are being offered the opportunity to see it because they wanted to fill up the stadium. Oh, wow. That's oh. how us saw the game. That's how many of our leaders, young leaders who in spaces saw the Kings play and got to know them by that. Because, mm-hmm. they, you know, at the Salvation Army, when I was there, once the Kings became a part of Sacramento, oh, heck, we were always, you know, especially after the first couple of years when they stopped looking like it was new, you know, then, of course, later on, Chris Webber came along and yeah. for a minute, yeah. you know, but then after that, they went back to losing, mm-hmm. you know, because of a lack of investment in players. Mm-hmm. So, you Very know, part of that now, different mindset. Mm-hmm. The whole different is is the beam, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Now, now it's the beam. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, but yep. I mean, that's something that we all understand. We all can recognize. We can all appreciate. But it also is an opportunity for us to think like this. So, if I didn't get a chance to go to Kings game, what about going to Sac State game? What about going to Sac City game? Because yeah. those exposure opportunities are just as important as the King game, quite frankly. Because mm-hmm. is there more likely a chance to play at Sac City or Sac State or UC Davis than they do having a chance to play at Arco Arena as a Kings player? That's a good point. That's a good point. And we have to, and this is all important, everybody, like figuring out ways to expose oh. our children to what's out there. It's yeah. amazing because yeah. I've seen kids who are thinking about college or thinking about their future who don't even consider leaving California, yeah. who don't even see it as a possibility and other yeah. kids in other communities, they, they're, um, they're limitless. Like yeah. there's no boundaries no. on what they can do, what activity they can participate in, what part of town they can go to. We need to create the same type of logic where look, you black, but you can go anywhere. You can go in this neighborhood, yeah. hold your head up high, go anywhere. Anything you see on TV, you can yeah. be there too. Well, that's, that's what we strive for our kids to get to. A point mm-hmm. when they see things in a limitless way. There we go. No boundaries. No, mm-hmm. no un, no unfair boundaries. No uh, danger boundaries. Mm-hmm. So we want them to be exposed, but we also need to recognize we want our kids to have friends who also have been exposed. Because if our kids the only one who's been exposed, that's why so many of our kids feel uncomfortable in their own neighborhood. Mm. uncomfortable in their own skin. Now, people can say what they want to say, but that sometimes is why people will take their kids and move them into another space. Hmm. But you got to recognize there's nothing wrong with you helping your child whose friends grew up with them see some things, be exposed to some things. Very true, because your peer group is extremely uh, influential. I don't know if some parents realize that, because when I was a younger parent, And when I was a teenager, I would know parents who would say, you know what, let me meet his friends. I want to yeah. meet all your friends. Oh, and I'm like, why do you want to meet my friends? Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> you okay. want to meet yeah. the friends. <laughs> I want to know the peer group. Your peer group. Yeah. Yeah. Who's expo- Look, who is putting pressure on my child to do good or bad? To do good or bad. And yeah. both happen in your peer group. Oh, so yeah. that's, that's extremely important. Sometimes, because yeah. my, my children are, they're a tight-knit group. And sometimes they're listening to each other. Oh, Sometimes yeah. they'll hear what yeah. I say, yeah. but if his brother say it, it's law. And I'm like, yeah. okay, that's your <laughs> <peer> group. <laughs> well, that's why you need to have a relationship with your children. Yes. So you also recognize that who has the influence in the family. My mom knew my there sister you go. was the influencer. Mm-hmm. She also was the tattletale in the, in the family. <laughs> if she was listening right now, actually, I'll make sure she hears it. I, tell her, I was talking about you last night. <laughs> 
because she lives in Denver and there's a part of me that recognizes that's why we have the closeness that we have. But that's also why sometimes it feels like we have the challenges we have as a family too. This is my personal story. Mm-hmm. So that as I tell you that, I realize that I have one of my brothers not really as tight as we should be because there's some parts of, of our interaction that neither one of us feel comfortable with. Just mm. a fact, you know. But when we were kids, you couldn't te- you couldn't tear us apart hmm. about anything. So for whatever reason, that's not been there. But also, I'll tell you, my mom saw that change. You know, before she passed away, some 14, 15 years ago, she saw that change. Hmm. And she always talked about, well, I want you guys to stay together. You know. Yeah. And in many ways, the other brothers and sisters are, yeah, we do that pretty good. But that's been for everybody. And that's just me being honest about that. And I don't I don't say that proudly or anything. I just say that that's a reality piece. And my brother lives in Sacramento. So there really is no excuse other than the fact that for whatever reason, it just don't work. You know? that, yeah, that, that, that level of transparency, Daryl, is important, man, because sometimes I'm getting older. I'm realizing that family is family. But yeah. what's, what's, what, what creates a bond between you and a family member it's like yeah. we were talking about earlier, yeah. the relationship. Yeah. I know family members who think to themselves, yeah. if I wasn't related to this yeah. person, I wouldn't talk to him one day in my life. Why? Yeah. On a social and a communal level, yeah. we have nothing in common. That's, that's the bad part. That's, that's the bad part. You know, that's the truth. Well, within our communities, it, it's it's in a different way, the same thing. Yes. You know? We have to get to a point where we're willing to work with each other, talk to each other, disagree with each other, and try to work through that. That's yeah. what, that is not easy. That's you know, not yeah, easy. parents don't necessarily always want to go to parent meetings or be engaged in school mm-hmm. or be engaged in city government or be engaged in elections and stuff. It takes studying. It takes understanding the issues. Yep. I'm consuming. It's but time any of that, any of that, that's time consuming. If it's really worth it, it's worth it. Well, here's the thing, Daryl. We all spend time doing something we like. Something. That's the other. So, so you can say that you don't want to do that, but you're spending time doing something yeah. you like. And I and I know a lot of parents who think the the scope of parenthood is food and shelter. Yeah. And I'm and actually, mm-hmm. those are just the basics. That's it. Those There's are two a lot of. The, truly, there's a lot of other dynamics that because yeah. yeah, we all have to work. Some of yeah. us be tired, and I yeah. hate to say this. That's why I think planning to have children as much as yeah. you can. Yeah, all this is important. Yeah, because then you can factor these things in. I mean, you tired, but I'm my kids have grown up now, and I'm thinking, man, he only, I only had one shot to right. get him right when he was ten uh, or eleven. Right. Once they grow up, they change so fast. So fast. And, okay, I should have did this, should have did that. Yeah, now it's almost too late. Yeah, well, you end up having to think about your grandkids then. There you go. And what do, what's your role with your grandkids? And we all know the truth. I have two granddaughters. Totally different relationship than I have with my daughter. However, what's funny, they love Big Papa. Hmm. Daughter loved me most of the day. Someday my daughter couldn't stand her daddy because daddy had to set the rules. And daddy had to say no. And daddy had to say, we're not going to get that. And that, that was daddy's role. Daddy did not want, daddy wanted to spoil her, but he didn't want her to ever be in a position where she couldn't afford what she liked. Hmm. Yeah. I, I really thought that that was important and my daughter could afford whatever she desired. Hmm. So I wanted her to appreciate what she had. So as she's grown up, she has figured that out. She has, you know, husband, daughter, and I have two granddaughters that, you know, just make me proud as heck. But because I see so many things that she has grown herself in, and mm. she's passed that on to the girls. Um, yeah. Good, good stuff. But again, that's still uh, still part of growth. And as Big Papa, I try my best to do that part that I can do and play the role that I can play. But I'm also, I'm the, I can spoil them. <laughs> and send them. That, well, the, I think sometimes, Daryl, just talking about grandparents in our yeah. community, sometimes there's, there's, there's too early of a shift. So. Okay. The 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 parents have a kid really early, yep. so the kid has a kid really early. Yep. So now you like me, right? And you forty, yep. and you a yep. grandparent, and some grandparents get in a situation where the kid may not have developed in certain ways the right way by you by you not doing or their accountability, whatever. So now 
the kid the kid has to live with you with their kids so you're yep. removing the typical dynamic of yep. of grandparenthood where no the kid come visit me kid come visit me i yep. spoil them you teach him what i taught you that's that's the process so, so Harrison, that's me so i'm 20 years older than you mm. so i'm gonna say that's how i do that yep that's me and the wife do that. Now my wife probably has to do a little more restricted stuff because it's the girls. Yeah. They probably they probably don't have that one. And <laughs> as long as the girls ain't out of, ain't loud and out of line, we good. Yeah. As long as they're not arguing with each other, we're good. Yeah. Because my true job is to spoil them, make them smile, make them happy, and let's go sit and watch the basketball game. Let's not raise them. The ball game. <laughs> not raise them. Your yeah. job ain't to raise them. You got right? that. And then sometimes we get ourselves in situations where we see grandparents struggling because yeah. they be there. We see Big Mama raising her kids and raising the other person's kids. Come on now. That's a part of that work that I do now at some moments. Uh, I wish I was a little younger for that purpose because hmm. there's so many grandparents that I bump into who could use that extra hand. Uh, I try to step in and be that person, but my schedule doesn't allow it as much as I like to. Got a young man right now. I love to spend a little more time with him, and I'm going to figure out how to do that over the next couple of months. But when I did spend time with him last month, you know, I, I felt good about it, but he also felt good about himself hmm. and his grandmother appreciated that. And I think part of that was I gave her a chance to just catch her breath and not have to worry about him at that time. But that's because as a grandmother, she has a job that she probably didn't expect to have. Yeah. You know, daughter died suddenly unexpectedly. Oh. And, you know, she now has that child yeah. and it's not able to be there, a stationary figure in his life. So therefore, you know, and dads don't recognize that you being unstable impacts your child. Yes, it does. very much so. Yeah, you know, your child has emotional swings because you're not steady. Mm -hmm. Yep, and then other members of the family have to step up and be involved. And we all have seen that and appreciate that. But it's not how it's supposed to be. No. So that's that's man. I'm, I'm yeah. I appreciate you being on the show with me today, uh -huh. brother. Now uh -huh. tell everybody about the Freedom School. If they want their child to participate, oh. if oh. they want to teach or be involved, how can they be involved? Um, Freedom School. Um, to call this number nine one six six four six 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 three one. I'll give it to you again nine one six six four six 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 three one. Ask about Freedom School. If your child is in school in the Toma School District, Robla Elementary School District, or <coughs> Twin Rivers Unified School District, they probably can qualify for Freedom School. Okay. But in present kinders through eighth grade. Through eighth grade, got you. Then uh, in District 2, if you live on this side, our city council member is fighting for some additional funding for 80 students who are not in Twin Rivers, Robla, or in the Thomas to attend Freedom School that we're having here, uh, Las Palmas Elementary School, part of our Twin Rivers School District. But we have 80 kids that we're trying to get funded by Council Member Sean Lowy. So I'd like to thank him for his support for doing that. Again, elected officials can be advocates for our community. That's hmm. <laughs> why so I don't give up on everybody. There but I do recognize that he has heard me talk about Freedom School and he has seen the advantages and the good side of what Freedom School offers. Got so it. he also sees that that is something that makes sense. Got That's it. the other thing about elected officials. Show them quality stuff. Show them good stuff consistently. And you probably have a supporter in an elected official because all they all want to do is be able to show off the good stuff. That's mm. why they want to do it because they want to get reelected. Show me good using everything to your benefit i appreciate that brother so everybody please salute the brother daryl roberts and his organization the roberts family development center this is this is big and i know you know around the country i know there are other organizations similar to yeah. this one around the country but this is our city and this is what we're doing in our city and this brother's walking the walk i always tell people like being involved in our liberation can happen in several different ways you can pick the lane you're passionate about the the, the things you're good at per se but man we need all hands on deck. Oh, that's yeah. like the bottom line. Like us being unified, us having a code of conduct, that's everybody coming together and determining how you can help. But like the brother has been telling us for an hour now, charity starts at home. Yes, sir. So the first thing you can do if you're a parent is put that love and that discipline and that encouragement and that empowerment in your child the best you can. And, you know, go out into our community to help out. So right. this is your brother Harrison. 
um, the Melanated Combo podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Melanated Combo 100. Melanated Combo 100 is my Instagram page. You see the shirt that I'm wearing, the Melanated State of Mind shirt. I'm now still on the shirts for the podcast. I have this shirt in several colors. I have the podcast logo shirt in gray and white. You can hit me on my Instagram or the email is Melanated Combo Pod. At Gmail is where you can place your orders if you're interested. Brother Daryl, do me a favor. How can everybody reach you? Do you have like Instagram page or Facebook oh, we, page? Robert, let's see. Robert, I have a personal Facebook page. Yes. Daryl Roberts, D-E-R-R-E-L-L Roberts. I'm here in Sacramento. Yeah. Roberts Fan Development Center has a Facebook page. It has Instagram page as well. RFDC Kids is our Instagram page. Mm-hmm. Roberts Development Center, our um both our um, our Instagram page as well as our Facebook page. So you certainly can do that. Just pick up the phone, give us a call, visit at any time if you're in the North area. Yes, and if everybody want to be involved in the organization, go to the website, Google, Google the organization. It'll pop up Im- uh, immediately. Donate to the website. If you're in the areas he mentioned, try to get your kid involved, but it's a two-way street. I know sometimes we think we can just send our kids to school and it's going to happen. happen the way we want. I've been reminded several times. I see it a lot. That's not how it works, family. All of this is a team effort. You feel me? So I appreciate the brother coming on the show and talking about his school and everything he's doing for the community. I'm going to continue to support him. Brother, if you ever need me for an event or talk, anything, I'm I'm completely down for it. I appreciate everything you're doing. Appreciate you. Um, Yes, yes, uh, yes, sir. So this has been the Melanated Combo Podcast. Like, subscribe, share the video. Do what you can to support. Hit me up for the shirts if you want one, family. This is your brother Harrison. We out.